Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. Damien Martin is one of the best basketballers in Australia. He played with the Boomers at the Rio 2016 Olympics. He's a four times NBL champion and six times best defensive player in the NBL. And he's done all of that while overcoming multiple injuries. This year, he's embarking on a brand new challenge, starting a career in real estate with First National Genesis. And so we wanted to chat to him about how he's approaching this next stage in his career while continuing to play top level basketball. Damien, welcome to The Crunch. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for coming in. I know you've been extremely busy with new baby. and <laughs> Yeah, welcome Bonnie to the world. Yeah. So I've got two crazy daughters at home, one two-and-a-half-year-old Maggie and then, uh, yeah, Bonnie, who's in the early stages. So exciting. And obviously kicking off a new career while still managing your current career. So very, very busy. Um, to start off with, I guess for people who might not be familiar with you, can you just give us a little bit of background of what you've kind of been doing for the last 10 years? Yes, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's all basketball essentially. So I uh, started my career uh, with the West Sydney Razorbacks who no longer exist. So we had a, a phone call from our then owner right before Christmas one year saying, I'm sick of losing money. I'm not paying you guys anymore and I'm handing the license back to the league. Oh, wow. And so we're not playing the remainder two and a half months of the season without getting paid the players and coaches shared the gate takings uh, so the tickets from the sales of uh, tickets and it wasn't much it's not like here in Perth where we get 12 13,000 people to a game we were getting 500 people to a oh game so you literally wave at mum and dad and say thanks for coming down we're <laughs> going to divide your $25 ticket by uh, about 16 so uh, thanks for paying for my exactly right. dinner. but uh it was the best thing that ever happened to me so that's you know, it's funny how you look back at it. At the time, you know, was losing money, running up credit card bills, could barely pay my rent. But the best thing that came out of it meant I was unemployed. Yeah. Our head coach was unemployed and he got offered the job uh, out here in Perth and then said yes to that and brought myself and a few of the other guys along. And from a professional standpoint, it's the best move I've ever made. And, and I ended up meeting my wife and now two children with her. So from a personal standpoint, I'm really glad I've moved to Perth and it's Incredible. now definitely home. Incredible. So your wife's from Perth. Uh, she w- was living in Perth when we met, but she's originally a Queenslander. Yeah. Um, so she's from Townsville, but through her dad's work in the mines, they lived, you know, in Malaysia for a number of years. He lived in China. They ended up in Perth. And then when her dad moved to China, she said, no, I'm going to stay here, live with my eldest brother, finish high school. And yeah. a few years later, I moved out here and uh, she's best friends with my teammate, Greg Hire, his wife. So they kind of set us up, to be honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> so definitely put in roots and, and not, not going, not leaving town no, saying. Perth is home. So funnily enough, her parents end up moving over here. Uh, and as a 34-year-old, there's nothing like saying, I live with my in-laws. So we um, no, because of all the work he does still in Queensland with the mines, um, we wanted to be able to help out with you know her mum when he's away. So we found a place that had a granny flat uh, and it's great, especially with two young ones. We've got a, a full-time nanny. Yeah. And when I'm on the road, I feel much better knowing that Britt has company with yeah. her mum there. And her dad has two nicknames, Mad Dog and Mental. Oh, wow. From, uh, <laughs> pretty much the complete opposite from his uh, bare knuckle fighting days and his rugby league days up in Townsville. But I love it when Steve's in town. Um, But it's like a bad comedy movie. The first bit of 
The first time we ever spoke was actually via an email. He was living in Arkansas at the time and he sent me a photo of him with his assault rifle saying, I hope you're treating Brittany well. So uh, fast forward, uh, you know, six years and I'm still part of the family and, and we're all good. You've made it. You've <laughs> made it. And you're really, um, I guess, moving into real estate, you are really following that trend of multi-generational living. That's all the rage now. Yeah, yeah exactly right. It's <laughs> happening. It is funny because I've only recently gone through the whole buying process. It's funny being able to see both sides of it, you know, the, the stress that's related to waiting to hear if the bank has approved it. And for us in particular, it was such a niche setup that we were very specific with the type of house we want. wanted so that, you know, it was big enough to have all of us um, but still have enough room where we didn't feel like we're on top of each other. So to find a place that ticked all the boxes and now have two of my, you know, my two daughters being raised by, you know, an incredible mother and yeah. then getting the help of her grandparents uh, is, amazing. is yeah, it's a lot of fun. So obviously the reason that you're in here talking to us, a real estate podcast rather than a basketball <laughs> podcast, is because you are making the transition into, into real estate sales. Mm. Um, so I guess when did you start looking at a career in, in property? Was it the buying process, is that what made you interested or? I've always had an interest in it. Even going back to, I attended university in Los Angeles and I remember the family that had myself and Maddie Knight, another Australian that was playing basketball over there at the time, had us for Christmas um, because we're a long way from home. Her dad owned an agency uh, in Southern California, you know, a very successful agency. And we'd spoken back and forth about my interest in real estate. And he bought me this book, um, you know, for Christmas and I read it and, and that just kind of lit the fuse to become more involved in real estate. But because I always had basketball, I was always in the distance. But the reality is I'm 34, I'm the eldest on the team and I can't play basketball forever. So the last thing I wanted to do was retire from basketball. And then, you know, the following Monday, that'd be my first day in a new workforce. Yeah. Essentially, I wanted to do something I'm passionate about, which is real estate, uh -huh. and learn as much as I can while I'm still playing so that when I go full-time with real estate, you know, hopefully I've got a, a good understanding of it, some education, and a bit of, you know, history of buying, selling, you know, understanding settlement, everything that goes into it uh, that people probably don't understand until you dive into it. And yeah. Joining, you know, Jonathan Clover at First National, he's been fantastic from tra with training. I feel sorry for him because the amount of extra work I've put on him, you know, I'm receiving emails at quarter to three in the, in the morning where he's um, doing all the work, but it's, he's been amazing just being able to pick his brain, sit in the office and see what he does on a day-to-day -day basis or then go and follow him and be a fly on the wall at one of the appraisals or one of the home openings, whatever it may be. Yeah. So one of the questions I wanted to ask was how you um, decided to choose, I guess, when rookies are looking at real estate agencies, it's a big decision to mm. decide where to go. How did you decide to go with, with Jonathan and First National? I was very fortunate that the, the Wildcats have always been good that any educational study you do outside of basketball, they reimburse provided you pass it. Mm -hmm. And so Jesse Wagstar, for example, a teammate of mine, you know, I'd love to see the figure that the Wildcats have reimbursed him because he's done a second engineering degree. He's got his MBA. You know, his dream job, even though he's got two engineering degrees and an MBA, is to assemble IKEA gear. Like he, he just loves <laughs> just building stuff. <laughs> exactly right, <laughs> studying and building things. That's his dream job. Um, but when I decided to do some studying in real estate. I put up a photo online and when I showed that I'd passed, I was lucky enough that I had a few licensees and different agents 
reach out and offer you know some help and then i got together about six or seven different um real estate agents and i was lucky enough that a few of them offered me jobs and i was very close you know it was hard deciding who to go with Uh but i had to write down what was most important at the time and you know even though there was places that may have offered you know more commission or more money up front the reality is you know if i don't learn the business then the day I retire and I'm out on my own, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm going to have no, I might have some listings, but I won't know how to sell or yeah. I might not be even be able to get my foot through the door for an appraisal, let alone know what to say once I'm in there. So the educational side of it was very important to me. And, you know, I had some great, great guys that I'm sure would have been good mentors, but decided in the end to go with Jonathan. Yeah. It's, it's very exciting. So at the moment, um, obviously, as we mentioned, you're juggling, you've got family, you've got your basketball commitments and those 3 a.m. emails about appraisals and whatever. How are you juggling everything right I, now? I love it because originally when I was only playing basketball, you know, win, lose or draw, that's all I could think about, you know, whether I was on the court or off the court. And after a loss, you know, I'd be up at night replaying every single play that happened throughout mm-hmm. the 40 minutes I was on court. And then I had a baby and, and, and Maggie kind of brought a bit better life balance. Brittany and, and Maggie brought better life balance. So when I walked through the door, I couldn't think about basketball because all of a sudden I had a, a daughter running up to me and I might have to change nappies or be focused and in the moment with her. Yeah. And I find that, you know, between basketball, when I'm at basketball, that's all I'm thinking about. And I think I can be my best version of a basketball player. When I'm at home, because I only, you know, because I'm busy, you know, I can just lock into being a, a husband and a father. So hopefully that makes me a better husband and father. Yeah. And then when I'm doing my real estate, it means, you know, I can't become a better basketballer while I'm out in appraisal. So enjoy being there or while I'm reading about the current market or, or about, you know, settlements, whatever it may be, I'm trying to learn that day or out on the road learning, be present, learn as much as I can and enjoy it because I'm there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, between those three, I'm finding I'm really enjoying each one of them even more because I've been focused on something else prior to it. Yeah. How do you think you'll go when the time comes that you've just got real estate? Do you think think you'll still be looking for little bits and pieces to keep you, you know, your your finger in the toe in in Uh, basketball? Yeah, I love the game, so I'll always be a part of it in some way, Um, whether it's coaching, you know, my daughter's basketball team or, you know, one-on-one sessions with whoever might be up-and-coming players or just watching it as a spectator for the first time in a number of years instead of a player. So I love the game. It's a part of who I am. But in saying that, a lot of the things I've learned from basketball, whether it's the disciplines, the processes, the training, I've already learned in these early days that you can apply them uh, to real estate. So, you know, being a part of my first sale, you know, it's funny that a lot of people speak about when you retire, you can't get that rush that only playing sport offers, you know, with 13,000 people cheering after a win, that sheer elation. But I love, you know, being the bearer of good news. Um, randomly, I'm a marriage celebrant. And so a teammate asked me to do it and I said yes. But I, I enjoy it because that's what you are. You're the bearer of good news during yeah. a joyous occasion. Now, there's a lot more that goes into buying and selling than just that final day where you get to say congratulations, you've sold or congratulations, you've bought. But, you know, it, it's from speaking first-hand experience, it motivates me to be able to enjoy that more and more. And in order to do that, it means I've got to be a successful agent. Yeah. One, to get the listing, then be able to sell it and at a price that the, the seller is really happy with. So you've already nailed a couple of, your first couple of listings <laughs> and your first sale. Yeah. Incredible. What was the, the, the bigger high of the two? Getting the appraisal or getting the sale? Uh, it was a combination. The Getting the listing actually <laughs> happened almost by accident so when I decided this is what I want to do outside of basketball I reached out to some friends and family members who have bought and sold in the past 
and I wanted to understand everything from you know the good, the bad, and the ugly of their experiences. And so one of my former teammates, I emailed him and I said, uh, you know, I know you've been renting in Perth for the last ten years because he was living on the east coast by then. Just if you could let me know the good and the bad you've experienced over the ten years, so I can understand the renting side of it as well. And he said, oh, funnily enough, I've actually had it on the market for six months. It hasn't sold. I'm getting frustrated. Uh, if it doesn't sell in the next week, uh, you know, why don't you put together a proposal? Let me know about your marketing plan, you know, how you'd actually be able to sell it when this current agent hasn't. And a week later, Jonathan and I on speakerphone were speaking to this seller. And yeah, it was funny. You realize how much more there is to it yeah. than just saying, how much do you want? Are we going to put it from this amount or this range? You know, that's the furthest thing from it, you know, going through the openings and and seeing that you know Jonathan's almost a builder, he understands the renovating side of it, what you can and can't do, the history of the suburb, the schools, the shops. Like there's so much to it in every single individual case so that when I got told, he said, "Yep, you've got it." I was over the moon, but then I was like, "Okay, now I've got to learn everything about this." You know, 1907 character home in Mount Lawley, a suburb I've never lived in. So it was really exciting having different goals that were away from putting a ball through a hoop. Um, so yeah, I loved that but then finally having the home opening I was like a kid on Christmas morning and it was supposed to start at about 10am and at 10.05 no one was there I was like what's oh, going no. on but then you know we had about eight couples come through and I was just yeah the excitement was through the roof Stoked. and a few liked it we did our follow up and before you know it we've got um, a couple of offers pen to paper and yeah I, I absolutely loved it so in that I think it was 10 days from getting the listing to selling it so or having, it, having it under offer, <laughs> having it under offer. And uh, I remember putting that under offer sticker on the signboard out the front uh, and it was, yeah, as satisfying as anything. Yeah. It sounds like you're really going through the process, like you're really, you know, I don't think a lot of rookies would email their friends to ask what their good and bad experiences have been or what, what are you doing um, in terms of your education um, and yeah is it mainly just following Jonathan you know what other stuff are you kind of putting in place yeah so we've teamed up so he is a huge part of it but the you know the reality is he has his goals I have my goals uh, and to be able to achieve it I've got to learn every part of the industry or as much as I can and so you know I've been lucky enough to have people that work in the settlement side of it reach out and say hey if you ever want to talk about the legalities or this part of selling and buying let's do a coffee so I've probably drank more coffee in my life <laughs> over the last few weeks than ever before so whether it's with a settlement agency whether it's talking to people that work in you know um, the banking side of it how to get loans so that you know I'm never going to give legal advice you know that's not my job to a potential buyer or seller but it'd be nice to know that you know I've been through this before I understand the stress is related here are some options yeah. uh, and then in particular if someone comes in they're a family they want to know about the schools I'm not just giving giving them the Wikipedia answer I've taken the time to learn about the local school so I can say with confidence you know here's what to expect if you buy here and send your children there yeah is it a daunting task you've obviously got a you know illustrious basketball career and doing it for a very long time <laughs> is it was it daunting coming into a brand new you know a rookie or were you just excited? No, I was a nervous wreck. So I studied through Wariwa and I had a better learning face-to-face. -face. I thought, yeah. no, instead of doing it all online, I'm going to do the week-long course. And I walked into the room and there's probably 25 other people in there. And normally I don't mind speaking in front of other people. You know, for the last 10 years I've spoken, stood up in front of video sessions and 
good yeah. or bad. I've you know spoken to my teammates after wins and losses, and you know never thought twice about it. All of a sudden, I found myself in this room, and they're like, "Guys, just so you know, within the week, you will be up front here doing some role playing about you know an appraisal uh-huh. or whatever it may be." I'm the like, sales role "Don't pick me! Don't pick me! Don't pick me!" <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, it was. I was completely out of my comfort zone, but that was also part of the thrill of it was knowing I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I like being around people. Love being, like I said, the bearer of good news, but just something that's so distant from what I've been used to in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Motivates me to be as good as I can at that as what I've done, you know, with basketball. Yeah. You've obviously had a few challenges in your career, injury challenges and, you know, the things that come with being a professional athlete. What, um, what do you think the biggest things that you've learned in your basketball career that you, that you're taking across? Yeah. So it is funny, you know, Injury is part and parcel of sport. Um, you <laughs> I know, think you've battled a few more. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> someone once had me write down all my injuries and they gave me like the, the picture of the body that you get at the doctors and just say, put an X on every part of your body. So starting from a little toe with little toe surgery to sprained ankles, torn calves, right ACL surgery, left MCL tear, uh, quad tears, four broken jaws, ruptured left Achilles tendon, torn right Achilles tendon, four broken wrists, broken arm, uh, three shoulder surgeries so yeah for a non-contact sport (laughs) I've had my fair share but even though that is adversity and setbacks there's you know the biggest I've ever had to face is losing championships or getting cut from the 2012 London Olympics team Mm -hmm. so you know the physical stuff you can get over because even if you've got an arm injury you can still work on your lower body and vice versa whereas it's the mental challenges that you know, it took me a lot longer to learn from mm-hmm. and, and recover from. And whereas now at this age, this part of my career, I realise those mental setbacks have made me a better person yeah. because it helps me put things in perspective. When I was younger, you know, I'd lose a game and, you know, I compare it to having your hand right in front of your face. When you put your hand right in front of your face, that's all you can see. That all of, all of a sudden becomes your whole world. You push it back to an arm's length and you're like, oh, it's only a small part of who I am or everything that's in my life. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I compare, you know, whether it's the basketball, whether it's, you know, different parts of my life. It's one part of who I am. And so I might have set back, okay, let's fix that and make sure it doesn't impact the rest of my life. And I see that with real estate. I love it. Um, but there's going to be setbacks. Like mm-hmm. I know I spoke about that first listing and first selling. I know getting it done in a week is not common and I'm going yeah. to have times where there's going to be frustrations and conversations with you know owners or buyers that aren't going to be comfortable. But hopefully similar conversations but in different topics with players and teammates and coaches over the years after losses or during hard times or when I'm going through my own troubles you know, have prepared me to be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of now being educated enough to be able to go in there comfortable. Um, you know, I got told, go into meetings with your head, your hand and your heart filled. So your hand might be the documentation, the information, your head, your knowledge and your heart, you know, you're doing it for the right reason. And I've always done that with team meetings in basketball and hopefully that'll carry over to whoever I'm meeting in the real estate world. Yeah, it's a great attitude to have. It's all 100% true. So um, I also wanted to ask, and you might, you seem like you're, a fairly structured and organized person but I know a lot of um, athletes that struggle going you know it's such a being a professional athlete is such a managed um, life mm. for a lot of people you know every day is structured out and you have to be here at this time and someone else is doing it all for you and you're going into a career that's very you need to be self-sufficient you need to be a self-starter you need to be self-managed how do you think you're going to go with that I, I lose everything. So my teammates <laughs> always make fun of forgetting different things or losing different things. So it is, it's about being switched on and making sure I'm aware of that. But self-motivation, I've got my own goals. 
And, you know, probably what's driven me in basketball is fear of failure. The last thing I ever want to do is let down a teammate, my wife, my family, my parents. And I'm, you know, going to carry that over to real estate. You know, I don't want to fail in that. And the reality is I have a mortgage to pay. I want to be able to provide a lifestyle for my daughters, for my wife. So it's just, you know, one, putting myself in an environment where I can learn the right ways or the right process to be successful, which I believe I have at First National, but then also having that individual motivation of then going out and implementing it. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to know things, it's know something, it's another thing to carry it out. And that, yeah, as you said, that self um, motivation is a huge part of that. Yeah. Are you going to, are you looking at getting a coach or anything like that? Or at the moment, just filling it out, doing the coffees and the, you know, working with Jonathan and is there anything else that you're putting in place to you know, make sure you're doing those calls. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's funny. I remember doing my first door knock and it was purely just to let people know in Mount Lawley we've listed a place on your street. So, you know, I went through knocking on the door. Some people answered, some dinner. But I remember three of the first five, they're in an apartment complex. Two of them didn't have their shirt on and then the third person was only in their undies. I'm like, what is going on here? Is this what door knocking entails? But Did I know, any of them recognise Yeah, you? I had a couple that recognised it and one invited me in to show me the place and it was you know, a beautiful place in uh, North Perth. And I was like, oh, this is really nice because I do love the people side of it. Um, but, yeah, you're going to have some times where you laugh about different things. And considering that was my first ever experience, <laughs> I'm like, who does this? But I was a nervous wreck. You know, not often do you go and knock on a stranger's doors. No. But the reality is I'm not trying to sell anything to them. I'm just trying to let them know that somewhere on their street there's a house for sale because people like to know what's going on in their area. And funnily enough, that's how I got my first sale. Uh, one of the neighbours came down. They weren't looking to buy anything. Came down, enjoyed the free food and drinks, had a look around and thought, one of my friends would like this place, called her up and she's the one that ended up oh, buying really? it. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, exactly right. So it's go. funny how it all works. But, yeah, there's, a, there's things that are going to still make me nervous. Yeah. But uh, the hard work isn't one of them. Do you think um, your familiar faces open any doors for you that otherwise wouldn't have been... You know, are you getting a little bit of recognition and, and help in that regard? Uh, it is nice. And to be honest, when I first started, we were going, we we're on a bit of a losing streak. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so We've I was, turned it around now. I was so a bit nervous right. about how, you know, people might slam the door on me or yeah. tell me to focus more on basketball. But I do genuinely believe that this has made me a better player because when I'm on the court, it's all I want to do when I'm there. Yeah. When I'm at real estate, it's all I want to do all with the family. But there, there are there times where people recognise you, but so far it's been really good experiences. And, you know, hopefully if it does help me get a foot through the door, like I said, it's one thing to be invited to give an appraisal. Yeah. At the end of the day, you're probably selling that person's biggest asset and they're going to give it to the person they think will do the best job. Uh, so, you know, having a bit of a profile in Perth via basketball is one thing, but then being able to go through the door and say, no, go with us because of this, this and this uh, is another. And that's where it's, I've been very fortunate to have a, a teammate. Yeah. Do you have any idea about the kind of agent that you want to be? Yeah, I, I remember my first day during the Rewa course, the, our instructor, who was, who was brilliant, he got up and said, just so you know, you'll all be, you know, I think real estate agents or sales reps are considered bottom three for most trusted people in any yeah. career. And I hated that. I hated the idea of people not trusting me. But then as the week went on and the more I listened to him and different ex- um, experiences that they'd been through, the, the different agents that came through, I thought, why can't I be keep my morals and values yeah. and just use it for a different industry? Now, that might mean that at times I'm not going to get listings or, you know, I'm going to butt heads with different buyers or sellers. 
but I don't want to change those underlying core values I have just to fit a mold. And the reality is I believe from my experience, very, very short experience, the people I was meeting up with for coffees when I was deciding which way to go, they were really good people. Um, And so I think it's just a few bad eggs out there that may have lied or deceived someone have given a bad name but so far it's been pretty positive and I hope that can continue and I can continue in that manner beautiful um what so North Perth area you're selling yeah Yeah. so our office is based in Mount Hawthorne um but we've had (laughs) properties around the area it's crazy you know we've been out of Maida Vale you know up to my area I live in Edgewater um and everywhere in between got some beautiful places in Wembley so Wembley Mount Lawley, Mount Hawthorne, they're probably the little triangle we'll focus on. Yeah. But like I said, that's something I've really enjoyed is it can take you anywhere. Someone comes through a home opening, they like the way you've presented it, the way you've spoken, um, the amount of work you've put in on behalf of that seller and they want that in the selling of their own property and then you ask where they're from and they're like oh 30 minutes away fantastic I'll jump in a car but it does it excites me so whether I'm jumping in a car and driving 45 minutes away for an appraisal or staying within that triangle both excite me yeah beautiful um you mentioned before what motivates you, and I think you said it was fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Is that is that your primary motivator, both, I guess, in you know, in basketball and, and moving into real estate? Yeah, definitely. Like, I've got goals, um, and so you could say to achieve that goal, that's my motivating factor. But underlying every single one of thing, every single one of those is uh, the thing that keeps me up most at night after a poor performance is having let someone down. Yeah. Uh, and so it's easy in basketball because you can say you let your teammates, your coaches you know, the, the fans down, the supporters in the crowd. Real estate's slightly different because it might be a smaller amount of people you've let down, but you've still let someone down uh, in something that you probably could have controlled. So some things are out of my control on a basketball court or in real estate. Mm-hmm. Other things you can't can control. And if the ones I'm doing where I'm in charge of it, I do my best and it's still not good enough, I'll still sleep that night. But it's the ones where I'm laying at, at night thinking I could have done that better that drives yeah. me insane. Yeah. And um, so finally, do you want to, can you share with us some of your goals this year in real estate? What are you kind of hoping to do in your first year? Yeah, education is first priority. But in saying that, I'm pretty competitive and uh, Jonathan (laughs) certainly is. So, you know, the agency itself is still quite new. It's only been in Mount Hawthorne for about, you know, 12 to 16 months and Jonathan's gone from you know kind of being a teacher there and a trainer there to now he's back in sales so we're competitive we push each other and even though it keeps him up to 2am while I'm sleeping preparing for a basketball game you know we have a, a, a figure in mind that we'd love to be able to sell right now we've got double figures in listings and we'd like to be able to continue that um, but the way we because of our stage marketing plan there's probably only a certain amount of listings we can have because we go and do all the door-to-door knocking for every single buyer or every single seller sorry um so there's only so many hours in the day yeah and uh right now we're probably at our max for this month and uh but i love it i love the pushing each other and having you know working in a team because that's all i'm used to I think that's worked really well so far, partnering up with someone, not just for the educational side of it, but then, you know, I don't want to let him down. He doesn't want to let me down. And hopefully we can achieve our goals. and Bounce ideas, bounce strategy. Exactly right. But no, there's certainly figures we've written down of how many houses we want to sell, which uh, markets in particular or areas we want to target. Uh, And so far it's early days, but hopefully we can start ticking a few boxes. Very exciting. Super exciting. (laughs) I'm super happy for you. Congrats again on your first sale. Thank you. It's great to have you in the industry. (laughs) 
and um, and thanks so much for your time. No, my pleasure. I was, I was I'm not going to lie. I've spoken a lot about basketball over the last ten years in different radio interviews or podcasts. When you asked me in here, I'm like, oh man, <laughs> it's even this <laughs> challenge me. I better do some more reading in case I get asked this question or that question. There so. was nothing too tough. I hope. <laughs> no, it's been everyone good always tells me that they're nervous and then they come in and they're like, no, it was alright. It was alright. <laughs> so look again, congratulations. Hopefully, hope to see you have another couple of ripper games this weekend after <laughs> last weekend. And um, hope to see you selling some more houses. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Daniel. That's it for this episode. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions, so hit me up on Instagram on Jess at Crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.